scripture passage for my prepared message, uh, if you want to follow along as I read, is uh, taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Very familiar story uh, around this time of your beautiful story as part of uh, the Christmas narrative. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26 through verse 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, Well, how can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary said, well, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. I think we are hungry for possibility. We're hungry for hope. We're hungry for possibility and hope because, quite honestly, we're starving from lack of possibility and hope. It's been a rough year. It's been a hard year. 2020 is certainly not ending the way we would have anticipated. In fact, the number 2020 has almost become a number synonymous with disappointment or wreckage or disillusionment. We're just about ready to turn the corner into 2021, and we do it, I'm sure, with anticipation, hope, and a sense of possibility, but maybe even with a sense of cautiousness. In many ways, if you think about it, we're designed for hope and possibility. We wake up every morning and we count on this day being a different day, maybe a better day. We start on Monday hoping that this is going to be a better week, a different week. We even make New Year's resolutions hoping that life will be different and we'll be able to experience new possibilities. We were created, I believe, to have hope and possibility. But somewhere along the way, our life's journey, if you will, uh, hope and possibility got conned. Our hope and possibility hit a roadblock. Our hope and possibility got squelched. Maybe you've had just too much heartache to consider ever having hope and possibility again. Maybe you risked in in some way and it didn't work out, so you've decided you're never going to risk again. Maybe you feel you've seen too much disappointment and disillusionment of life to convince you otherwise. So you've settled into a mindset of cynicism and fatalism. And maybe you've seen or experienced the truly dark side of evil through your own personal pain, through your own personal trauma. And you're not even sure hope and possibility can exist in this world. You haven't given into cynicism or fatalism. You simply have chosen to not believe anymore in the possibility of the good 
or the possibility of change or the possibility of redemption or even the possibility of something good evolving out of all the not so good. Even more, you're simply not convinced anyone can make a difference anymore or bring new life or hope into this world. You simply have settled into a kind of dull, this is as good as it gets. And you count the days until there are no more days to count. See, life has a way, I think, of sucking all the hope and possibility right out of us. And maybe rightly so, we look to our faith at times. But sometimes Christianity has only offered us a faith journey that seems to be focused on the hereafter and never on the here and now. Or a faith journey that seems more about staying out of trouble than it does engaging life with vitality, vision, hope, and possibility. I remember years ago, and some of you probably do as well, a fellow by the name of Robert Schuler started a church in Southern California in a drive-in theater, and it grew to become this extremely large church with an extremely large television ministry that reached around the world. The worship service on Sunday morning was called Hour of Power, and Schuler's message was coined possibility thinking by both his supporters and his detractors. Now, his style of preaching focused on hope and possibility, and he had this ability to get celebrities and other folks, special guests, to share their stories of life change. And this appealed to many people, this positive message, this message of hope and possibility. Now, his detractors thought he was sort of light on discipleship and heavy on shallow version of Christianity through this possibility thinking. But you know, I always wondered, why did it have to be an either-or? Why could it not be a both-and? In other words, why can't we, as people of faith, engage in meaningful discipleship that bears fruit for the flourishing of our world and also be people of hope, be people of possibility, and view life with a vision of hope and possibility? I've come to discover, really, that it's those individuals that combine a life of faithful discipleship with hopeful possibility that end up bringing positive change to our world as well as positive change to their lives. And we have a good example of it in our scripture today. And so enter Mary, the mother of Jesus, as we read about just a few moments ago. Now, for the most part, we know the main parts of this narrative. An angel by the name of Gabriel comes to Mary, informs her that she's going to have a baby. Now, not just any baby, but a baby destined to be a king. A baby who will be of the line of David. A child whose kingdom will be greater than any kingdom, greater than any power, greater than any, any government that presently exists at that time, and that includes the Roman Empire. Now, you can imagine this leaves Mary rather perplexed and afraid. And in fact, the scripture says that Mary was much perplexed, and she pondered the angel's invitation. Now, let me just give you a sidebar here for a few moments. This should be, I think, a gentle reminder to you and I that it's pretty normal to feel perplexed to take some time to ponder when we experience God's promptings and leadings in our lives. You see, when we're being called out of our comfort zones by God, feeling perplexed and even a bit nervous and scared is a pretty normal feeling. And this is why Gabriel told Mary to not be afraid. God knew that the one thing that would keep Mary from saying yes would be her fear. It's what keeps all of us from saying yes. It's what keeps me from saying yes at times. God's invitations, whether it's an invitation to change my life or an invitation to step out in faith or an invitation to be part of God's purposes in a profound way. Fear is always that last hurdle. Fear is always that last obstacle. So God says to Mary, 
And God says to you and I, do not fear. So back to Mary. There's a slight problem. Mary is engaged to Joseph, and she's a virgin. So how will this even be possible? She'll be able to give birth to this baby who is destined to bring transformation and salvation to the world. Now, Gabriel, Gabriel doesn't let her off the hook. He seems to have an answer for everything, and he tells Mary that this, this baby will not be conceived by human means, but will be conceived through supernatural means. In other words, the Holy Spirit will conceive within Mary this new life, which will be new life for the world. And as if to respond to Mary's confusion before she even asks the next question, Gabriel tells Mary that her relative, Elizabeth, she's of old age, and she's barren, and even she is in her sixth month of pregnancy. And then the angel says to Mary these very key words, for nothing will be impossible with God. Let me say that again. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now, this is not a megachurch pastor offering a shallow one-liner in the sermon. This was a messenger of God speaking to a very young girl who was at the very bottom of social rank, who was facing all sorts of obstacles to fulfill this mission. And before she even responds with phrases like, I don't see this happening, the angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. You see, where all we see is impossibility, God sees possibility. Where all we see is our own cynicism and fatalism, God sees hope and redemptive opportunities. Where all we see is darkness and injustice, always winning and prevailing, God sees possibilities for peace, justice, mercy, and flourishing in the smallest of places that can eventually bear large fruit. God often sees differently than we do. And part of discipleship, part of the spiritual journey is seen through the eyes of God, seeing those places of possibility and hope. So maybe the main message of this narrative, maybe the main takeaway is simply this, for nothing will be impossible with God. Just simply what the scripture says. This is a narrative and a story we reconnect with every Christmas because it tells us of this wonderful story of Jesus being born into our world and the good news that we're not left to our own brokenness, but the one who can save us and make us whole has come into our world and has come into our lives. All that being said, all of that being said, maybe, just maybe, the real good news is this simple message, for nothing will be impossible with God. Let's look at this in context for just a moment. The angel Gabriel was inviting a woman of low social status to be part of a divine plan that would bring to birth into the world a new presence that would be greater than any earthly power, leader, or even government could wield in that time. The world was a tough place at that time, and rather than focusing on her limitations, Mary's, Gabriel was inviting Mary to focus on the power of God's presence, to create possibilities that she could not see, but yet she could be part of. She would simply need to say yes to that invitation. And during this season of Advent, particularly Advent 2020, maybe the simple Advent message from God to you and I is this, friends, for nothing will be impossible with God. Think about all the places in your life right now, in my life, 
in which you have given up on there being any possibility of new life or hope. Maybe your marriage. Maybe experiencing a sense of purpose and meaning in your life. Maybe, maybe moving past a traumatic experience in your life into a new season of wholeness. Maybe moving forward into a new season of your life after the loss and passing of a friend, a family member, or even a spouse. Maybe you or I moving into a new season of our life in which things are changing. Our goals are changing. Our families are changing. We are changing. And will we be able to cope? Maybe none of that resonates with you, but maybe you've given up all hope and possibility on things like there ever being peace in our world. Maybe you've given up on hope and possibility of there ever being a world that seeks the common good of all and one in which we look out for one another. Maybe in this immediate moment, you've given up on the hope and possibility of there ever being a way for us to meet the challenge of this pandemic and for us to ever gather again together with friends, with family, and even as a deep river friends faith community. And maybe you even feel like Elizabeth, barren in the sense that your heart and soul feel barren of meaning, purpose, and life. Your spiritual journey feels barren. Maybe your relationships and friendships feel barren. And maybe, given everything we've been through, your own sense of hope for the future feels barren. Now to all of this, to every circumstance and situation, the words Gabriel spoke to Mary speak to our conditions. For nothing is impossible with God. God births new life into our world through Mary, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God seeks to birth new life in us through the power of the Holy Spirit so you and I can birth new life into the world in which we inhabit every day. Joyce Rupp is a writer, author, and spiritual director. And ironically, she shared this essay at the start of 2020, the beginning of this year. And I'd like to share it with you. As a gate opens to the new year, three words beckon. Live life fully. Now my deeper self urges, don't waste a year on the foolish energy of needless worry or trying to control the uncontrollable. Be attentive to every fragment of joy, each revelation of nature's splendor, however small, and to the mentoring goodness residing in people who enter your life. Long ago she wrote, St. Irenaeus of Lyons wrote, quote, The glory of God is the human person fully alive. And then she adds, I have cherished that notion of engaging as fully as possible with life. And fortunately, I've often set this conviction aside, becoming lost in too much work. In 2020, I renew my commitment to recognize and appreciate what enlivens my life and offers it meaning. Now, probably like many of us, she had no idea what this year would hold. But she began the year 2020 with the intention of living life as fully as possible and being open to possibility along the way and cherishing each moment for its seeds of possibility and hope. And like Joyce Rupp, maybe we can cherish that notion of, quote, engaging as fully as possible with life, lest we get stuck, I get stuck, in our own fatalism, our own cynicism, our own doubt, and even our own fear. Mary's final words to the angel were not, let me think about this. And they weren't, you know what, I don't think I'm your person. Rather, Mary's words to Gabriel were this, here am I, 
the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. In other words, Mary said yes to possibility, even though she had no idea how this work of God was going to unfold. And often, that's the life of faith. It's saying yes to glimmers and glimpses of possibility and opening ourselves and our hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit so that new life can be conceived within us and we can birth new life in our world, new life of generous presence, new life of hope and possibility, new life of peace and justice, new life of kindness and compassion, new life of creative ideas and solutions, new life of starting a new chapter in our life and after having going through the rough season, God opens the way for possibility. God is always at work building on the possibilities, but it takes a yes from you and I to join God in this work. It takes us saying yes to possibility and stepping beyond our fears. Ultimately, it's saying yes to new life and the capacity for hope in our lives. And simply put, it's trusting again in possibility. For we venture into this week, we venture into tomorrow, we venture into this world, we venture into 2021 hearing the words of God through the angel Gabriel. For with God, all things are possible.